MyMac Podcast number 302. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. We're the cure for the regular old boring podcasts. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome, 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 everyone. It's my, it's the MyMac podcast number 302. And I've got Gaz back. Hey, Gaz. Hi. That's that's a big number, isn't it? 302. 302. Now, you Good weren't stuff. able to be here last week because you were ill. Yeah, I was. Oh, yeah. yeah let, let's not go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I've got you for this week. You I've have. got you for next week. You have. And then we got some issues. We have. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, I've, I've, I, I was almost away actually for this week and next week because we had an urgent uh, – we're basically doing a data migration um, and they wanted to me, me to be on site and I got a, an urgent call from the CEO of uh, Europe saying, Gary, can you come over for the next two weeks? Mm. And I went, well, yeah, if I'm needed, yeah, I'll be there, you know. Sure. And um, – then I had a further discussion with the the IT guys, and it really transpired that I didn't need to be there for the next two weeks. But I, I will have to be in Mechelen, um, in Belgium, for the back end of July, so the twenty sixth for the week commencing twenty sixth, and then after that I'm on holiday. Lucky me, yeah, 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 yeah great. <laughs> but I'm on holiday for two weeks, and I'm probably going to be in a region where. Internet connectivity is not going to be at its best. It's a little shady. But when I come straight back from holiday, they want me back in Mechelen again for another week. But mm. however, that, that that might be a little bit easier for me to get some connectivity that week. So that's uh, well, August yeah, we'll, the 17th. We'll, we'll see, how, we'll see how, uh, how that date in August goes. But thank goodness you were here for this show. Oh, yes. Because this show – and um, – I, I'm not going to say who the the guest was that that we had, though. There's a, a little clue right there if you listen to the, the little opening segment. Um, it, we went way way long in, in with, with talking with our special guest, and it went so long that we're going to have to break it up into this show and the next show, which means that there will be much less gas and guy. And more special guests, and I, I think that's probably a good thing uh, for at least a couple people because uh, <laughs> we got some feedback. And you know, I mean, let's let's call it the way the way it is. Uh, we we got some feedback from someone named Jeremy who is less than happy with uh, the, the 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 current results of the MyMac.com podcast. Um, he kind of started off saying that that in the last show that I had lamented the lack of feedback. That's very true. I, I really like getting feedback from the listeners, whether you whether you like the show, whether you don't like the show, what it is that you think we could do better, you know, what you know, things that we could we could focus more on. You know, these are the kinds of things that we want to know about so that we can make the show not only better for you, but make it more entertaining for us as well. Um one of the one of his other complaints was that he he thought that the show was too long and on you know I, I can I can certainly see that and I can agree with that we I, th I think uh, we were getting up into you know well over an hour on some of our shows and, and we we've done a couple things to kind of tweak that you know we we switched down from three breaks to, to two breaks 
and kind of shortened our, our segments where, where we could in between. So yeah, it's it's a difficult one to um, to measure that because when you're talking about a subject, you you got to be careful that you don't just cut yourself short and yeah. uh, and not uh, cover the whole thing. But I you know I understand where he's coming from, and yeah, we are trying to get uh, make sure that we get into a routine and into a, a process where uh, we know each other's uh, uh, good points and bad points, and we can uh, tread on each other's toes to stop us going on so long. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Jeremy, for your feedback. Um, you know, like I said, we're not just interested in hearing, oh, you guys are wonderful, though. We, we like that, too. So, uh, talking more about how Gaz isn't going to be here. Now, there are three, potentially four dates where uh, Gaz is going to be missing, where he's definitely going to be, he's definitely going to be missing for three of them. And in on these three dates, and I'll tell you what they are right now, July 27th, which is two weeks from the day that we're recording this, which is July 13th, August the 3rd, and August the 10th. I'm looking for people that are interested in coming on the show. You know, you don't have to be professional podcasters. And, and you know, I mean, Lord knows there, there are plenty of people on the MyMac staff that, I mean, Owen Rubin filled in, filled in very well last weekend. And he's, yeah, he's good. A thanks guy. very much, Owen, for stepping in. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, he's also – but the part of the problem with Owen is – uh, he's in California, which is kind of the opposite problem that you have being in England. <laughs> you know, he's three hours behind me. You're five hours ahead of me. And it's probably easier, you know, and, and I don't want to make it, you know, make light of it. It's probably easier for you to stay up a little bit later than it is for Owen to leave whatever it is he's doing, yep. you know, early, early, early in the afternoon in order to be on with me to, to do the podcast. So... I'm looking for people that will be available between, say, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in the United States that's interested in, in coming on to the MyMac.com podcast, and, and we'll just talk about stuff. We like stuff. We do. We do. My Mac, My Mac stuff. My Mac stuff. <laughs> and um, speaking of My Mac stuff, we will very, very quickly – Go into some of the new stuff that's that's on the website. We haven't we haven't done that in a while, Gaz. No, we well, yeah, we've been remiss. We Let's have, put it that way. We have we've been remiss, and you probably don't have it up. I do. <laughs> so I, I'm just going to go through this very very I'm quickly. Gonna, I'm not going to respond. I know. Well, to that. well, no, I I kind of sprung that on you in the last minute. And, you did. You did. And that's my fault. But uh, I'm always up and ready. Okay, because uh, you know, of course, you know, mymac.com has its new look to it. And you know it's a very very nice and clean look, and it, yeah, it's I like it. I like much it. easier to uh, to get to. With, and I'm kind of waiting for for Gaz to tell me that that he's there. I'm there. Are you there, Gaz? Okay, go. Oh, yeah. right, Gaz, go to the bottom of the page. <laughs> I'm and, at the bottom. And read that first one from uh, from John. What John Nemo? Yeah. Okay, you really <laughs> want me to go up on all the way through? Okay, well, no, right. well, you do one. I'll yeah. do one. <laughs> Hooray! Photoshop CS5 workflow workflow for beginners number one off color off color holiday food under glass. Uh, the next one is also from John Nemo. Photoshop CS5. He's wow. so prolific. Yeah, he's writing like a madman. Photoshop CS5 workflow work. God, I had the same problem. Workflow for beginners number two. Color zinger in a grayscale photo. Then we've got a review for Amptune dual dock stereo speakers and charger. Um, Who's that, that by? 
I'm just trying to look, actually. I can't see who that's by. I think that's by John Nemo. Again. Good great. It is. That guy is just, he's, he's insane. And, <laughs> and this is actually one of the prizes we gave away in, in the 300th podcast contest. Yeah. Uh, next up is a review of the Griffin A-Frame iPad stand. Um, then there's a review of the iPad, the missing manual, uh, which is by Beth Locke. A, uh, a review of VJ's over-ear lightweight clear bass folding headphones by John Nemoroski. <laughs> the next one actually is by Owen Rubin, which is CS5 Dreamweaver Watch New. And uh, Sandro finally got out. Come on, Sandro. you got to step it up, man. Finally got out a new podcast, My Phototech Podcast number eight. And the last one, I believe, is um, a review of the Doxy Scanner by Alicia Pacelli or Pacelli. Pacelli? Pacelli. Pacelli. You say Pacelli, I, I say Pacelli. Let's call the whole thing off. Yeah, All right. I think we'll stop there. Yeah, yeah. If I start to sing, that means that things are just going horribly, <laughs> horribly wrong. Give it up, boy. Yeah. Give it up. Yeah. Uh, we're actually going to make uh, this segment very, very short to uh, get right to our special guest. And um, I, don't, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, this, this guy, this guy has, has, has been around for, for a very long time and is such he's, – he's so engaging when, when you talk to him. That yeah yeah. As we were recording, I kind of looked over at GarageBand and it was like, oh my god, we've been recording for over an hour. And, and GarageBand has all kinds of special little issues as you go longer and longer in the recording cycle. And I was just so worried that at any time it was just going to die and that everything it's, we had done was going to die with it. But fortunately, but, but, but guess what? Guess what? I was doing a backup. You were doing a backup. Well, thank God somebody was doing a backup. <laughs> back up, back up, because if it had died, I would have just, I would have thrown myself out the window. Yeah. Hey, so, guy, let's get into the break and get straight into it. I, I think that's exactly what sh we should do. So stand by to stand by and we'll be right back. And Guy from the MyMac.com podcast, and we have a special offer for those who want to reach a broad audience of Macintosh, iPod, iPhone, or iPad users. Who would those people be, Guy? Any company offering hardware, software, or services related to Apple's products that want to reach a tech-savvy, diverse, and a worldwide market. That sounds like it would fit right in with our audience, Guy. If only there was some way they could, you know, let our listeners know about their products. Funny you should say that, Gaz, because there is a way that they can. What? There's a way that software and hardware vendors could actually talk directly to our large audience? Sure is. All they have to do is advertise on the MyMac.com podcast. What if they want banner ads on the MyMac.com website? Well, for an extra charge, we'll give them banner ads, too. No, I don't think so. What? What do you say no to? Well, how about this? They advertise on the MyMac.com podcast, and we give them the banner ads on the MyMac.com website for free. 
That's just crazy talk. Only way I'll be a part of it, Guy. All right, all right. We'll throw in the banner ads for free. That's more like it. So how do people find out more information? Simply send an email to ads at mymac.com. That's A-D-S, ads at mymac.com. That sounds easy enough. So send in your request for more information to ads at mymac.com. And thanks for listening to the podcast. Hello, this is Will Green from the British Pack Podcast, and I'd like to tell you something. I never, ever, ever listen to Guy and Gaz, the G-Men from the MyMac.com podcast. Is that clear? And we're back. And as promised, Gaz, we have a guest on today. We do? Yeah. Oh, yes, we do. Somebody very, very famous. If, if you've watched... Uh, Basically, nearly anything on TV or the movies over the last 20 years or so, you, you probably are going to know who this is. Is that you, Gaz? Have you watched well, that stuff? I don't know. I don't watch the movies. <laughs> you, you just, you just, you just listen to it, right? Who is this guy you keep going on about, Guy? Well, did, you like, did you like the way I did that? You, you may know him as the professor on that 70s show, actor, philosopher, podcaster, Stephen Tobolowski. How do you do, guys? Boy, you pulled one out there. The professor from the 70s show. Yeah. God, did I have a name on that show or was I just the professor? You were the professor. And I believe, see, I always, I believe at I the end you got chased by Red. Yeah. You see, you yeah. got me, guys. You've got me. <laughs> <laughs> you got me, too. I mean, parts, you know, as an actor, I think I've done – now, I'm, I'm guessing, but I think – in terms of movies, I think I've probably done now about 110 movies and about 250 television shows. And in that pie graph of experience, if you took the slice of pie in which I did not have a name but was just called professor, scientist, cop, uh, once masochistic gay man, if you were to, <laughs> just to take those, those are not the well-written parts. But but I, I I remember the professor is I did get to make out with with uh, Donna on that show as I recall. Uh, no, that Lori, was, the daughter. Yeah, that was nice. The blonde. Yeah, that was very nice. Yes. You see, now I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. We're so glad you're engaged today, Gaz. <laughs> Gaz, let me let me explain something. Let me now, Gaz. Uh, you're from another country. I might I be. Take, okay. This is how famous I am. Uh, I went to an autograph show. They sent me to an autograph show. This is a true story, Guy. You don't know this story. They sent me to an autograph show a month ago, four weeks ago. And they sent me down the red carpet. And one of the guards stopped me on the red carpet and asked if I was sent to set up the folding chairs. (laughs) That's how famous I am. I I said, no. (laughs) No. I, I'm an actor. I'm here. I'm here to sign autographs. So this is this is what I have to deal with all the time. Did did he then say, "Well, who are you?" Yeah, <laughs> completely. <laughs> As, you know, you could he could have just left it, but no. I bet he carried on down digging the hole, he <laughs> making you feel digging. making you feel really good, <laughs> making me feel really good. But I know, I know that I am world famous, and I know for this reason, uh, I got lost in Reykjavik. 
which is a part of the world that is north of, of Scotland, I know, <laughs> over, over, over in Iceland. My wife and I got lost, and we were on the loading dock of where all the big ships come in and out. I, I, you can't read that language. That language is more like an yeah, eye chart inc- yeah, than it's it is like any, anything recognizable. I didn't know how to get back to the hotel. The cab driver took us to the wrong place and left us off. And the security guard came up to me, and he was, like, looking at me, looking at me, and he goes, Oh, Garfield! Garfield! (laughs) And then he became my new best friend. Yes, but you played Happy Chapman, uh, the lead villain in Garfield. (laughs) That that is absolutely correct. Well, let me me ask you a couple of questions, Stephen. Yes, sir. Uh, At what age did you know that you wanted to be a performer? Oh, gosh. This is a really sad answer, but but I think in interest of the truth. When I was about five or six, I, I knew I wanted to be an actor for the reason that I thought it meant I would have close proximity to monsters. I loved monsters. I loved Frankenstein, Wolfman. My favorite was like Godzilla. And I thought that if I became an actor, I would actually be able to hang out with the real Godzilla. That was my reason for getting into show business. And I would say that for a lot of people, the reason isn't that much better. (laughs) You you know, as they go on in life, you know, they played the singing tree in second grade and their teacher told them they were great. And so they decided they were going to be an actor. But that's when I decided, six years old. Okay. Now, you've done, I mean, besides TV and movies, you've done a lot of stage work as well. Yes. do you prefer the intimacy and the immediacy of the stage or the kind of the, the comfort zone with TV movies where if something gets kind of messed up, you can do it again? <laughs> That's so well put. Well put question. You know, the, there is nothing like the, the risk reward of theater. And you also have a rehearsal period. You have a rehearsal process in which everybody works on the same story at the same time for between four and eight weeks before you go in front of the public. Whereas in a movie, if yes, if you make a mistake, you can go back and reshoot it. But on the other hand, you don't have rehearsal usually. You, you, you don't have any way for anybody to get on the same page. In fact, I, I think I mentioned to you earlier, I'm, yeah. I'm actually shooting a television show tomorrow and they called me up just a few like an hour ago and told me that i'm first up tomorrow morning but they don't have a script yet (laughs) oh is that a problem well (laughs) it will be eventually (laughs) i promise you that it could be if the director doesn't like what you say (laughs) you know it's you know we'll, we'll see we'll see we'll see what happens but it's different Certainly film and television. When you do a sitcom, it's very much like doing theater because you have a few days rehearsal. But I'm most comfortable, I think. Certainly the most pleasant is doing movies. Okay. Um, What was, on either the stage or TV and movies, what was the weirdest role that you ever had? Oh, weirdest role. Weirdest role in stage or movies? Oh, well, in stage, the weirdest role was in which there was no role and there was no play. This this was really a traumatic experience for me. I was in uh, Nogales, Arizona, and our producer had sold tickets 
at like $40 a pop for something called Dinner Theater featuring the musical comedy Cycles, a musical about reincarnation. I had no idea what Cycles was. I assumed the cast for Cycles was going to be coming into town to perform the show. But the producer had taken all the money and left. Mm. There was there was just five or six of us in the that were performing children's theater in town at the time, and we were introduced as the Cycles cast as soon as they were finishing dessert, and we went up on stage with no play, oh no music, no nothing, and I don't know how, but we performed for an hour and a half, including making up songs for these people who uh, paid $40. Fly? That was one of the worst amazing experiences of my life. That was odd. <laughs> that, was, that was very bad. Nerve-wracking? Nerve-wracking. That's it. And you're in the middle of it. And, and you know, Chaz, you know, uh, when, when, when you get in the middle of it and you've done like 40 minutes that's good – and then you realize you still have another 30 to go. It's, <laughs> it's one of the worst experiences in the world. Oh. Well, what, was, what was your most favorite and or least favorite roles that you've played? <laughs> oh, it's got to be careful now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think yeah, you have to be careful. Certainly the most favorite movie I ever did was Groundhog's Day. That was a great movie, a great script, and I had a great part in it. And the audiences loved it. And it's become a classic. Yes. You so, was in Groundhog Day? Oh, stop it. I played the groundhog. I, was, <laughs> I, played, I played Ned Ryerson, the irritating insurance salesman that Bill Murray punches. But, several but times. That, <laughs> several times. I like that but, sketch. Oh, it was beautiful. It was, I'm only joking. That was, no, no. It was a wonderful game. That That movie was certainly the, my favorite, the best and all of that. But the most fun I ever had was when I did uh, Great Balls of Fire. I was in Memphis, Tennessee for two and a half months. Uh, I only worked once every like 12 days. And I worked a month in London on that show too. I almost, my part was so small, I almost never worked. And all I did was eat barbecue and go to blues clubs. It was fantastic. I'm going to say it sounds like, well, it sounds like hell, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, now, least favorite. Least, least favorite. Least favorite was, uh, boy, least favorite. There are a lot of least favorite moments I've had. Uh, one, I was doing a, a sci-fi movie, and uh, Stan Winston was the special effects man, a real genius. Oh, yeah. And in this movie... Uh, it was a creature from space was supposed to eat me. And so what Stan Winston did was got real tentacles of a squid and dropped it into frame and wrapped them around me. And I smelled like fish for about two weeks after <laughs> that, was, that was rough. That was rough. But, uh, I, I, uh, you know, in time, you know, what is that old phrase that, uh, Time, Time plus tragedy wounds. equals comedy. Yeah. Is that it? And and as I look back, some of those roles that were so horrific at the time have become quite funny, you know, when I look back at it. 
Well, that kind of leads into my next question, which oh, dear. is TV or movie where the most things went so horribly wrong? <sighs> TV or movie? Yeah. TV or movie? Well, again, you know, when you're doing TVs or movies, you have a chance to stop and and get things going right. Okay, one of I was doing home court and uh the I was to oh gosh. I am not really a singer and dancer even though I currently You play one feature, on TV. I play one on TV and Glee occasionally <laughs> on the TV show Glee. And I was doing a dance number on this TV show called Home Court with Pam Reed. And I had learned this dance, this tango with her, and we had danced it perfectly. And the director said, Stephen, uh, the scene was great. We had a bobble. We're going to have to shoot the dance again. And I was so angry, you know, just inside of because I thought we did it perfectly that once. Oh, gosh. And the audience cheered. And you don't want to do it again. And the director said, do you want to come over and see what the mistake was? And I said, absolutely, certainly. And inside, I was kind of fuming. And I walked over to the director to look at the monitor. And a giant gorilla jumped in front of me. And the whole thing was set up to be a stunt. They had a guy in a gorilla suit. I almost peed myself. I started running around in circles. And they sold the damn footage to uh, one of those practical jokes TV shows. Yeah. So my ignominy has lived on forever <laughs> on that show. Oh, that was one of the worst. Now, one of the one of the um, the real disasters. The real disasters happen on stage. Uh, th- those are the real disasters. Uh, I was in a show where I was playing a slave boy, and uh, I was covered with silver grease paint, and it was a, a Camus Caligula very high-toned drama. And at the end, all of us slave boys were supposed to be Caligula to death. And the entire stage is ultra-modern, covered with mylar and all this stuff. And what the prop guy gave us were these uh, paraffin, paraffin, like almost like hollowed-out candles. And inside the candles, they had Cairo syrup and red food coloring. So we're supposed to go out and then beat Caligula, like 20 of us, beat Caligula to death with our fists. Well, the the designer felt that the color of red would look much better, not in Cairo syrup, but if he changed it out with KY jelly. Oh, no. So he... <laughs> They took these hollowed-out things, filled it with KY. And, um, and if some of your listeners don't know what KY is, it is a very efficient lubricant. And they filled it with red food coloring and KY. And we went out on this Mylar stage, and all of us slave boys started beating up Caligula with our fists. And the blood started spattering everywhere, and he's screaming, you're killing me, you're killing me, and we're beating him, and this KY is flying all over on the Mylar set, (laughs) and it's you tech guys know. If you take Mylar, which has almost no friction anyway, and you add KY to it. (laughs) So what happened is this mass of 20 slave boys plus Caligula started sliding en masse toward the audience. Now, at first we didn't realize it because it was kind of glacial, 
in its pace. And we started sliding down the raked stage toward the audience. And then a woman in the audience yells, oh, my God. And then we were aware of the fact that we were sliding. So our first instinct is to stop sliding by reaching out and grabbing. But at that point, we were all covered with KY and blood, and we could not stop the slide. So this whole group of guys starts sliding toward the audience, and um, the fellow who was playing Caligula kind of broke character and starts yelling, Turn out the lights! Turn out the goddamn lights! (laughs) The audience is laughing hysterically. Turn out the lights! Get me off the damn stage! Everybody's laughing hysterically. Finally, one guy reaches under the rake stage and grabs a hold of an iron support beam, and all 20 of us guys stop. And then one by one, just like a rescue in the Arctic, we kind of slide over (laughs) each other's bodies and climb off on stage, and everybody in the audience is applauding. They think this is absolutely hysterical, which was unfortunate, because by the time we got on stage, Don Pitts, who was playing the old patrician who gets killed in Act One, heard the applause and thought that meant it was his time to come out and take his final curtain call. We had left the stage. No one warned Donnie what was going on. He ran out onto the stage, hit that KY slick, and flew into the orchestra pit. Oh, no. And uh, he survived. He survived. In <laughs> fact, uh, Donnie and I uh, relived this tale just this last year. That was one of the worst disasters I was ever involved with. Have you, have you ever been asked to do a reenactment of that? Uh, <laughs> a few times. Because that I'd like to see. That would, be, that would be worth the price of admission. Yes. Well, what would you say was your most dangerous role? I think the okay. last one. <laughs> there's da- Okay, there's danger and there's danger. You know, when I did Bird on a Wire with Mel Gibson, uh, we were in a situation where uh, I was one of the bad guys. There were three bad guys in Bird on a Wire. And if you guys notice in movies, when people die, they die according to how bad they are. You know, if you're really bad, you get a really special death. And if you're not too bad, you get just you just shot or something. But if you're really bad, you know, they... They explode you. What? What? You know, I just saw what last house on the left, and the main guy. They had to stick his head in a microwave oven to kill him. That was. <laughs> that's how bad he was. In this movie, I was the lowest level bad guy, and so I was supposed to be killed by uh, a jaguar in the in the zoo. A uh, jaguar was supposed to eat me alive. Uh, the, the final battle takes place in a zoo, but. The bigger bad guy, Bill Duke, who was supposed to be get eaten alive by piranhas, couldn't swim. And so he wanted to switch deaths with me, which was a big break for me. You know, this is I was moving up. I was moving up to a more elaborate death. You got a death change. Yes. So I said, absolutely, I'll do it. And that's when kind of the buyer's remorse kind of set in because I realized that they were going to have to film me falling into a tank of water with piranhas to shoot my death. Real piranhas. And what the producer told me, now see, again, in show business, we have this special breed of guy who tells you these sort of things and you go, oh, sure. Uh, 
He said, Stephen, I want you not to worry about the tank because all the piranhas are going to be vegetarian piranhas. <laughs> we flew them up from the Amazon, but it's a special breed of vegetarian piranhas. And they'll be more scared of you than you are of them. I'm going, oh, great. Then to film the shot, they have a tank that's eight feet deep filled with piranhas, real piranhas. Then they put 30 pounds of lead weight in my pockets of my clothes. <laughs> then I fight with Mel Gibson. Uh, Mel and I had a fight. Uh, I'm not going to say anything. He's having, he's having a heart. He was a delightful person to work with on that movie, and he I, really I, helped me a lot. I was just going to uh, say, did, did you get the feeling <laughs> to, just to try and push him in to see what it was like first? <laughs> no, no. But, you know, we started fist fighting, and the first thing Mel said to me was, you haven't done this very often, have you? And I said, no, sir, I haven't. He says, well, I do a lot of fist fights in my movies. And let me just tell you, the main thing you have to remember is not to make punching noises with your mouth. <laughs> because as boys, we all grew up going, pow, pow, yeah, pow, yeah. pow, bam, bam. And it was so funny because during the middle of the 12, 13 hours Mel and I shot, we would catch ourselves in the middle of the fight. Either Mel or me would go, poof, pa. We would, we would do it anyway. It was just in the jeans. But I ended up shooting in the tank of water 21 hours. Wow. 21 hours in the tank. Uh, well, not, of course, in the tank, but they had to attach blood packets and all sorts of things to me outside the tank dry my clothes off, knock me into the tank again. The lead weights would carry me to the bottom, and I would have to hold my breath with the live piranhas for as long as I could before, <laughs> before they saved me because, of course, I couldn't get out of the tank with the 40 pounds of lead weight in my pockets. Now, were the, <laughs> the, uh, were, were the blood packs did, filled with KY jelly? Right. And, and I was just going to say, did you take a couple of lettuces down with you just to check? <laughs> no. You know, that would have been the real test. I, I have to say that after the water had to be kept at 64 degrees because the producer who told me about the vegetarian piranhas said the piranhas would get sick if the water was warmer. So I was in wet clothes and wet water and drowning for 21 straight hours, and I was the only person on that set who didn't get sick that weekend shooting. I was oh, healthy as a odd. hound at the end yeah. of it. Well, now and, you uh, and have you ever have you ever changed death scene scene since? <sighs> Boy, have I had death scene since? No, <laughs> no, I, 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 I no, I've 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 died on stage a few times, but that was accidental. <laughs> oh no, I'm sure. Now you're getting ready to uh, to shoot. I guess it's the what the third season of Californication. I think fourth, I think fourth, fourth season. season. Yeah, and you've got you've got a regular role on that show. Well, it's it's looking that you know they do twelve shows for the season, right? And I'm getting ready to shoot my ninth show okay. on it, so I'm going to be a fairly regular fixture on the show. But to tell you the truth, I mean, first of all, if you're a fan of Californication, you're going to love it this year. the The shows are absolutely hilarious. And we've had a wonderful time doing them. If you're not a fan, if you don't know the show, I think you will enjoy the show. Just jumping on 
uh, because I didn't really know the show before I started working on it. And it's so immensely likable. And I, I tell you, you know, we, we are having such a laugh fest on that set. The, the plot lines are just hysterical. But uh, I'm looking – I think the season starts mid-January is where they're going to start to air it. But we actually start shooting our last episode tomorrow, and I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to kill me off. I, don't, I mean, I, I'm, I've got a little apprehension here. Well, hopefully you know, it I, won't have anything to do with Piranha. You know, when, when I did Heroes, you, you know, Tim Kring, uh, the executive producer at Heroes, called me up, and it was like a breakup. It was, it was like a, he said, Stephen, something I need to tell you. And I said, yes, Tim. He says, we're going to kill you on the show. <laughs> I go, really? I, I said, well, I figured it would be sooner or later. And he goes, it's sooner. It's sooner, Stephen. Uh, so this will be your last week. And when I showed up on the set, no one wanted to get near me because they were afraid my unemployment would be catchy. Oh, oh no. Contagious and, unemployment. And do you guys, did you ever watch that show? Yes. So I love that you show. you know what happens to me in, in, at the end of my life there is that Silar cuts off the top of my head and eats Eat, out my brain. Yeah, eats your brain. Yeah, and uh, so when I finished shooting that episode, I was thinking only in Hollywood. The producer looked at me and said, Stephen, this doesn't mean anything. We could still have you back. As a matter of fact, you ended up having to, to go back oh, and, and reshoot with, uh, oh. with quite an injury. Oh, Oh man, now you bring now you're bringing up yeah the the deep dark horrible memories. Uh, <laughs> well, Gaz, that's what I do best. <laughs> Gaz, I I don't know if you're in on this, but while I shot Heroes, in between when I shot Heroes and I had to do the reshoot, I broke my neck. In, in fact, I had the same injury Christopher Reeve had. And it was just a miracle I ended up alive. These guys from Heroes called me up and they said, Stephen, we want to reshoot your death scene. And I said, guys, I, I have a broken neck. And they said, we'll call you right back. Hung up, called back about 20 minutes later. And they said, um, what, what can we shoot with your broken neck? <laughs> and, and I said, guys, guys, this is not a golf injury. You know, I, I cannot shoot. I, I'm wearing a neck brace. And they said, if we took your neck brace off for the shot, what could you do? And oh, I said, God. well, die is, the, <laughs> <laughs> die is the first option. If without the neck brace, I cannot walk, I cannot turn my head. I'll tell you what I could do. I'll tell you what I can do. I can sit in a high back chair where the chair supports my head because there's nothing holding my head up because my neck's broken and I cannot turn my head. I can move my eyes and I could talk. So they wrote another scene in Heroes where I sit in a chair and talk to my daughter, uh, you, you know, which, which was, which is dear, you know, playing with Kristen in that. And, I we have a kind of scene where I express my disappointment with her and 
it's a very sad, sad sort of scene. And then she has a scene where she does a monologue to me, to my dead body. And we did that all with the broken neck. Wow. And that was bad. That was, that was one of the, yeah, if you want to talk about dangerous, that was more that was yeah. more dangerous than the piranhas shooting heroes with a broken neck. Hi, yeah, yeah. Now, did you ever get a role that you knew was just wrong for you, but you did it anyway? Oh God, so many of them. Uh you know, it's uh, Yeah, well, yes. Uh I, I mean, the one that comes to mind immediately. I mean, this is kind of your questions are kind of like the Ouija board in that you ask him, my finger goes, this one. They had me play a uh, mafia guy in a movie. And I am not really a mafia guy type of guy. And I, it's a movie called Calendar Girl. And in that movie, I have a brother who cannot speak or hear. He's deaf-mute, and they told me for the role, I would be like this tough guy, like a Sopranos guy, but I would also have to learn sign language for the deaf. And they hired a teacher and wanted me to learn sign, to sign every scene I'm in with him in six weeks. So this was one uh, that terrorized me. This was, uh, in fact, it's going to be part of the story of our next podcast. I'll, we'll I'll, get I'll to that some... in just a minute. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh no, I, I was just saying we'll get we'll get to uh, we'll, we'll get to your podcast after you finish this story. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Well, I'm saying this story is in my next podcast of having to do this mafioso part, which I which I was not particularly good at. Um, boy, I have uh, so many times in in Hollywood. You know, they they just, if you're totally wrong for a part, they they get rid of you. You know, they just call you up and they said, you know, you were really wonderful in this show, but we're going to go a different way with it. And, uh, you know, they kill you with faint praise and then fire <laughs> you. So So that is kind of what happens in Hollywood. So a lot of times when you're totally wrong for a part, you don't really get the opportunity to uh, bring it to fruition. That can happen, yes. which which I suppose is good, really, because if if you, halfway through or however long you're into the part and you know it's wrong and they know it's wrong, it would be wrong for it to go out, wouldn't it? It wouldn't do you any good, and it wouldn't do the you know the show any good either. So, right, but it, you know this business, you know, in Hollywood, is not very logical. One of the first jobs I ever had was playing again one of those jobs in the pie graph without a name called hotel clerk. And I was on a show called Like a Fox uh, with uh, Jack, uh, Jack Warden. Yeah, I believe Jack Warden. And it was one of my first shows in L.A. And Jack was having trouble remembering lines in our scene. And the director could not be upset with him because he was the star. So the director kept yelling at me. <laughs> And everybody in the crew knew they were going to fire me. And this guy would humiliate, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, can you just say the lines? Say it right. You're throwing them off. Just say the damn lines. And, you know, I was mortified. 
I, I tried to just keep everything quiet. I said, tell me exactly what you want me to do, and I'll do it. Anyway, I figured, one, I was going to be fired. Two, I would never work again. One of my very next jobs, I was hired by this same director. You know, and apparently it didn't matter. And it was all just for show. Yeah. So it's not a logical business. No. Now, uh, you're currently doing, I mean, besides all of your, your TV and movie work, you're also doing the uh, the Tobolowski Files podcast with SlashFilms.com with David Chen. Yes. Absolutely. And and it, this kind of got its genesis from an earlier project you had called Stephen Tobolowski's Birthday Party, which is available from not only from Amazon.com, plug, plug, but yes. <laughs> you can go to stbpmovie.com and right. buy it directly from there. Right. stbpmovie.com. And that way... That goes through our producer, and that way if you want a signed copy by me, he'll bring the movie over to me, and I'll sign it any way you want it. Or you could buy it through Amazon, or you could rent it on Netflix. But but that was kind of a – that was a curious story because when when we shot that, uh, I guess the genesis of STBP movie, Stephen Tobolowsky's birthday party movie, was now, boy – 18, 19 years ago, and I was telling movie stories in the kitchen, and a friend of mine who was a cinematographer said, why don't we just set up a camera and have you tell your stories to the camera? And I thought that was going to be about as interesting as paint drawing, and we said, yeah, that's a great idea. And we got to a point about five years ago where Robert Brinkman was not doing anything, and I was not doing anything. And I said, Robert, remember the movie we talked about where I just sit in front of a camera and talk? You know, just tell movie and life stories and things like that. Why don't we do that now? Because we're both not doing anything. With the advent of HD, which was huge, we were able to shoot a movie that would have cost 19 years ago half a million dollars. We were able to shoot STBP using borrowed equipment and the high-definition uh, cartridges for about $20,000. We were actually able to make a movie like Judy Garland and Mickey Rooney. Hey, let's do a play in our barn. <laughs> so we shot this movie with no script, no rehearsal, no preparation, no permits, with borrowed equipment, we shot it mainly over the course of two days. And the kind of MacGuffin of the movie is it's on my birthday and it starts at dawn and goes to midnight. And I just kind of talk to the camera and tell stories of things that happened to me in my life and in film. Anyway, we shot this film. Robert uh, edited the film, borrowed equipment from all of his friends we knew to do it for free. And in returning some of the equipment, one of the DVD discs that we were working from, that he was working from to edit, went back in the machine. And that machine happened to have been borrowed from HBO. And when HBO got their equipment back, they look and they see there's this thing in there. Well, what's this thing in there? And it is a rough cut of Stephen Tobolowsky's birthday party. About four or five days later, we get a call from HBO talking to Robert, and they said, listen, we just saw this thing that you left in our equipment, 
and it's pretty darn funny. What do you think about premiering it at the HBO Comedy Festival in Aspen? And we went, uh, yeah, please, sure. So we premiered it in Aspen. Uh, South by Southwest Film Festival saw it and said, can you bring it to South by Southwest? We aired it there. It played three uh, sold-out nights at the London Film Festival. Uh, we opened the Buenos Aires Film Festival with it. We opened the Bologna Film Festival in Italy with it. We did Montreal, San Francisco. It's been all over the world now. Uh, we've won several awards either for Best Comedy or Best Documentary. And it was and, – and it's a delightful movie. I mean, oh, it's, Robert, it's fantastic. Robert Brinkman – uh, and Andy Patswagel, who was our producer and editor, they did such a brilliant job of editing this together because you would think, you know, how are we going to be able to watch this one guy talking? Let me tell you, it is very amusing. It's a very charming movie, and they did a great job kind of, of putting it together. I, I never could have imagined how that would have worked. Well, they kind of take you from from like the kitchen – where you, you tell a couple stories and then you're out in the garden and then a little later on you're, you're with a bunch of your friends and you know, it, it just kind of flows like, like these are events that are taking place on a single day. Well, the one thing I know that doesn't work in one man movies is that eventually it becomes enormously claustrophobic because either you're swimming to Cambodia with Spalding Gray and you're in a theater, and no matter how brilliantly Jonathan Demme moves the cameras around, you're still on this little set looking at this man with this dark background. And, uh, or even my dinner with Andre, they're eating dinner and you have a through line there, but you're in the restaurant and it makes you crazy. So the thing I said to Robert Brinkman, maybe one thing we could do is vary the locale. So we start out at the beach at dawn on my birthday. Then we move to inside the kitchen. So we go from exterior to interior. Uh, and I tell more stories. Then I go outside into my backyard and barbecue. So we have a whole different setting. Then we come inside to the party and it's night. And it ends at midnight with just the few people left, you know, always at a party. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the cleanup and the few people left with the dregs by candlelight at midnight. And so it goes from morning to evening, inside to outside. And the stories have a – just the way they put the stories together, it's just beautiful. And, you know, I'm so proud of, of, of the movie. It really turned out great and uh, certainly uh, – uh, better than I ever expected it would turn out. Well, it is it is a fantastic film, and and I know, and you know, I heard about it, of course, from listening to you on the Tobolowski Files podcast, mm -hmm. and um, I know that uh, both Fearless Leader Tim and myself have have spoken of the Tobolowski Files podcast several times, not only on this podcast but on Tim's podcast OWC Radio, and he is so jealous that I got you on this podcast. <laughs> and I hope everyone enjoyed that first part of the interview with Stephen Tobolowski. Uh, we're going to take a little break here. You can hear the second part of that interview next week on my Mac podcast. Three zero three. We'll be right back.
Hey everyone, it's Gaz and Guy from the MyMac.com podcast, and we're here to tell you that if you like listening to us, you'll enjoy some of the other podcasts from MyMac.com. There's the My Photo Tech podcast with Sandro Cuccia to tell you all about digital photography. He also talks about the latest news and hardware and software, along with tips and tricks to make you a better photographer. There's the App Minute podcast with Sam Levin about new or up-and-coming applications that's always going going to tell you what's the latest and greatest. Let's not forget the geekiest show ever, which is always about the weird and the wonderful with Tim Robertson and Chad Perry. The MyMac.com podcast, My Phototech, Sam Levin's App Minute, and the Geekiest Show Ever podcasts can all be found in iTunes, and they're all free for downloading. No rambling about Major League Baseball this time, Guy. No, I've come to accept that Major League Baseball has nothing to do with MyMac.com's various podcasts. That is a remarkable bit of clarity coming from you, Guy. Well, I do have my moments. Do you think you could shorten the space between those moments a bit? Well, I... Hey, I don't think I'm crazy, and neither do I. Shh. We'll talk about it after your next therapy session. In the meantime, go to iTunes and get those podcasts, folks. You'll really enjoy them. Hi, this is Tom Schmidt from First Tech Computer in Minneapolis and MyMac.com. And you're listening to the MyMac.com podcast. Be sure to send your feedback to feedback at MyMac.com. And don't be afraid to tease Guy and Gaz a little if they mess up. Unless you are afraid. So make sure you go over and listen to some of those podcasts. Well, Guy, I think we ought to wrap it up there. Yeah, uh, boy. Give the people our contact uh, addresses. Yep. And everyone, please remember that you can hear the, the second part of our interview with Stephen Tobolowski. Uh, next week, and I, you know, and I, I wish I could say that I was sorry that the interview with him went as long as it did, but I I can't say it that it was so great. I wish I think we could have talked for another two or three hours, and we'd have been smiling all over our face listening oh, to it. It was man. great, great yeah, interview. Just such a fantastic guy. Make sure you go to iTunes and uh, subscribe to the Tobolowski files. Literally, this is one of the finest podcasts available anywhere and i don't oh, and being I a podcaster myself i, I don't, must admit I don't say it's it new to me the, the podcast new to me so i shall be doing it straight away well now you're going on vacation and some work stuff so you know go yeah. ahead and get yeah. he's got like somewhere about, i think 35 to 37 podcasts perfect out there perfect timing perfect and timing. download them you will i mean just from the little bit when we were talking to him believe me you will enjoy them immensely super incredible podcast and and of course, also please go to either Amazon or um, stbpmovie.com and get Stephen Tobolowski's birthday party. You will really, really enjoy it. Now, however, if you want to get a hold of us, you know, in, instead of Stephen Tobolowski, uh, I can be reached at guy at mymac.com. Uh, equally, I can be reached at gaz at mymac.com. And uh, I can also be found on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash MacParrot. And <laughs> twitter.com forward slash Gazmas. And the, the last place you can find us as far as uh, sending us email is feedback 
at mymac.com. Now, that's probably uh, the, the preferred way that you can get it to us because that way yeah. uh, Fearless Leader Tim also gets to see it. And we have a, a, a telephone number, Gaz. I swear to God we have one. Go on. I'll tell you what. Go for it, guy. All right. Tell us what that number is. That number is area code, U.S. area code 703-436-9501. Superb. Yep. So I think that's going to do it for this week. And uh, everyone, please you know, join us next week where you can hear the second part of, of the, that fantastic interview with Stephen Tobolowsky. And we'll see you all next week. See ya. And thank you for listening to the MyMac.com podcast. Please send off feedback to podcast at MyMac.com. Be sure to check out our other shows, including Geekiest Show Ever, My Photo Tech Podcast, Your Own Victory Garden, and Sam's Cool Picks. All available in iTunes.